गुड इवनिंग फ्रेंड्स एंड वेलकम टू दिस वन मोर शो ऑन मिरर विजडम रिफ्लेक्टेड एंड एज यू नो इन दिस शो आई एक्ट एज अ मिरर टू रिफ्लेक्ट द विजडम फ्रॉम ऑल द पीपल हु हैव सो मच गिवन रिजल्ट इन दिस वर्ल्ड हु मेड लाइफ मच मोर लिवेबल वी गुड बी टॉकिंग अबाउट समथिंग वेरी इंटरेस्टिंग इट्स नॉट जस्ट ड्यूरिंग कोरोना टाइम बट रेगुलर ऑफिस आवर्स बैट पॉस्चर हैज बीन द बिगेस्ट थिंग people who exercise people who don't exercise people who work who people who don't work people who athletes all of them have problems and huge kinds of problems well young people have a great advantage to themselves extremely flexible movable adaptable and the muscles are working well for them the hormones are working well for them but as we age things change fibrotic elements come up stretchability is not there lack of exercise movement disorders and then to add on to it you may have blood pressure diabetes and lot of other things most of the audience watching this is kind of 40 plus and something very interesting and very very important that we must understand how and what we are doing at every stage of life and how can we have a better quality of life and to tell us further on this we have a very prominent physiotherapist who's practicing in our area in parla in mumbai who has a vast knowledge and experience is extremely proactive very result oriented and most of those patients who have problems have been extremely happy and been roaring about her dr himakshi basu thank you ma'am for being with us on this show and sparing your valuable time thank you sir for inviting it's my privilege and i'm really happy to be there because you're doing a great job Makshi, to start with, uh, let me ask you, you know, physiotherapy. You see, everybody who watches IPL suddenly realizes that the team needs—they don't have a doctor, but they have a physiotherapist, definitely. Yes. You know, so very vital, and it's a, a subject which is so so important. You have chiropractors in the U.S. Tell me, what is the basic difference between a physiotherapist and a chiropractor in the U.S.? Um. actually the uh, we both do the same thing very similar so the result is very similar to get a pain free movement and look at what we call movement health of any patient the only difference between a chiropractor and a physiotherapist is that we as physiotherapist have a huge variety so we look like how i have specialized in musculoskeletal physiotherapy and sports physio uh you you have lots of other therapists who do cardiac physio who do chest physio so we have a different range and we work with muscles joints um uh, whether it is spinal nerves everything and we work on movement health where the patient can get back to their normal activities of daily living the chiropractor has a certain way of looking at things so they believe that if i only do an alignment of certain joints and tissues and then they work from that alignment now whether they align it align it with setting the bone like how we say bone setting issue so they either set it up and they crack the bone and uh, get you back to normal the major difference is that we put you up on an exercise program after whatever we do and i think that's really important because you can take medications you can take rest you can set the bones but you have to go back to your normal activities and i feel if you don't exercise to get your muscle health back 
then how will I ever get back to my normal uh, mobility, my strength, my sports, my uh, could be a simple activity in an elderly population is getting up from a chair. It's an activity at that age. And I think that bone, muscle and movement health, which we take care is the biggest difference between chiropractor and a physiotherapist. But nowadays, uh, the chiropractors are also getting back into a lot of exercise, unlike what it was earlier. What is that Indian famous art, you know, that kicking or uh, yes. Madiwala? Yes. That yes. famous uh, chiropractor we had. Now, what was that lovely ancient art? Chinese, Indian, what is the origin? And it used to work magic in people. Yes, I, I mean, even I have no clue, but I think it's more Indian because uh, that's how it all set up. You know, even like a earlier when they couldn't set a fracture, they would just set it with their hands and get back. But I guess it got a lot popular because we got great results. At the same time, obviously, when there are what we call precautionary or dangerous things would not be set with um, uh, kicking because you cannot set... Like you can't set a slip disc with kicking. You can't, you can't set certain, uh, like say if there's a rib issue, you can't set it with kicking because we have lots of other vital organs which are um, important. So it started off with that and I guess science grew and then we all evolved and developed a lot more to better science and better results. Brilliant. I mean, that's a very nice analysis what you give because I remember when they couldn't get cured by any orthopedic guys, you know, way back, they would finally land up with any Madiwala and they would get a kick here and there and quite a few of them got all right, despite yes. everything. That's yes. a very yes. interesting science. But then as you said very nicely that you didn't have an x-ray, you didn't have an MRI, you didn't have a CT scan at that time. Right. It was judgmental, the anatomy of the human bones, of the whole spine or the all the muscles and the bones that you had. And they could kind of fix it and hope that the muscle pick up and the bones reunite. Because yes. despite what we do, any fracture heals every which way. Yes. It takes six weeks for it to heal. But the yes. fracture heals. The bones, yes. the recomposition happens. It may be malunited, but yes. a fracture heals. That's yes. the beauty of human body, how it heals. Yes. And so true. Isn't it? That's interesting. So most often they're not a physiotherapist is remembered as a person you have to go to after a fracture you have a cholesis fracture or you have a hip fracture or you have a fracture or you know you have paralysis and then my god it's a long ordeal people think that six weeks of a cast is enough no the story starts after that absolutely you're very very right the story starts after that you it's very true so, so just tell me how what you said a very important point also that you know you sitting and getting up is a big ordeal for somebody so tell me how do people how what is the normal routine that people should be having stretching you know what i had heard was swan stretching right. weights okay. okay aerobic and nutrition now as a physiotherapist what is the least that you said you are athletes so athletes are at least moving right there are a lot of couch potatoes, you know, people are absolutely on their bench, no mobility right. and at night television. What right. would you recommend to start with for normal people with sedate activities, hardly any activity? Yes, yeah, so if you, it, it also depends upon what age. So if you can have somebody who's middle age, like say about 50 versus somebody who's at 70 and you have people being active at both stages or you'll have people being inactive also at both stages. 
So people who are middle-aged and have been more of office going or more like right now in the current situation where we are sitting at home and working, your posture becomes the most important um, aspect. And trust me, Doc, it's very easy for me to say, but how many of us really take care of our posture? It's very simple. I mean, it's a story in my house. I'm constantly nudging my husband, sit upright, sit upright. I'm constantly telling my daughter, sit upright. But you can't do it for a longer period of time. So I feel that if you have maintained, as we mentioned earlier, your flexibility, your uh, mobility. So if you are at, you know, sitting in the office or sitting on a chair or sitting on a sofa for doing your work, all you need to do is to get off the bed every 20 minutes to, have, to about half an hour, max, say 40 minutes, walk one round, which will take you like 30 seconds and sit back. Now that's going to take care of your spinal health because when you're sitting in that slouched position, what happens, not only your low back goes for a toss, but even your neck pokes forward. And I'm constantly working on the computer or the laptop. So if I just get up, and I probably just stretch or take one chakra and come back. What have I done? I have allowed the spine to pump your circulation again and move the muscle a little bit and allow the disc to again what hydrate, we call hydration of the disc. So that it's not constantly loading and waiting and getting punched because you're constantly sitting to move out. So that one thing is very, very important. Uh, as you grow older, say if you have an elderly person, they're watching TV. I mean, they may not be working on the computer, but they are again watching TV. A simple thing, just same thing, just get up, walk, stretch. And what is very important is because we're constantly forward bent, we never, so even a lot of us stretch forward. And I tell them, you're already forward. Why would I want to stretch forward? Let's stretch in the opposite direction. So stretch backwards. Take your neck backwards. Use your arms and stretch backwards. Pull yourself behind so that the mobility at both ends are maintained. A simple thing is rotation. You know, you just sit in your chair and just rotate your body, turn on one side. Simple. You don't need, it's not a rocket science. You need simple exercises to keep it simple and make sure that your health is maintained, your mobility is maintained. So that's one aspect which you can do. So intuitively, however, very, very interesting what you said. Pure intuitively, everybody tends to, despite the normal posture is supposed to be like that. Right. You know, if we take the spine, the cervical right. spine right. has to have this posture, right. then the thoracic and the yes. lumbar spine, yes, which has to be that way. Right. Right. Now, this is something which I, I want all viewers, you know, no non-medicals, very, very simple. You have skull, the cervical area, right. the thoracic area and right. the lumbar. Right. And most often than not, the design of the chair with a cushion or you see some of these relaxing chairs, it's right. all convex outside. It's not it's, convex inside. Exactly. You need to be arched and not curved in. You're right. And that's why nowadays a lot of people have started getting chairs which we call ergonomic chairs to your posture 
Right, so it is important that your lumbar spine, the thoracic spine remains in front. Your lumbar spine gets pushed in front, even yeah. while driving yeah. and even when you are sitting on your chair, working on the chair. It's right. important. Right, very important. It's, um, I'm going to add something. So a lot of us, uh, so I normally tell this very often. So we, you know, when we say, everybody understands slouch sitting. So you're completely slouched, okay? Now, when I say sit upright, so they go into that military position where you're trying to sit very upright. Now, when you sit that strong, again, the muscles are not designed to hold that position constantly. I tell them, don't sit uptight, don't sit slouch, just sit upright. And it takes very little effort to just lift yourself up and grow tall to the ceiling to get that posture. I don't need to get my chest out. I don't need to hold my body because again, the muscles are not designed for that. They are designed to hold you in what we call neutral posture. So anything out of neutral, which is slouched or anything which is excessively arched is not neutral. So both the times, either the muscle are going to get lengthened, okay? And that's again going to give you pain or they're going to get shortened because you're holding them too tight, that's also going to give you pain, right? It's interesting. It's 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 uh it's very. So that's why I said sit upright, don't sit uptight or slouched. But then there is this very thin line of demon that Lakshman Rekha is very small, sitting yes. upright, stretching, and not slouching. Yeah. How do you know? So um, I always tell them the the most important thing is your position of your head and. What governs the position of your head is your low back, usually, not always, but usually. So say if I am going to be, for example, in this slouched position, if you look at me from sideways, if I'm going to slouch, see what happens? Mm -hmm. My center of gravity of my spine moves behind, my head moves forward. Now, this is slouch where I'm rounded at my shoulder, I'm rounded further on my upper back, and my neck is what we call poking chin. So it's poking out. Now, all you need to do is just push your spine upwards where the hollow of your back is not too hollow. It's just there. So in a layman's language, I would say, sit on your sit bones. You know, the two bones under your buttocks? The gluteal. The glute. Instead of what I say, sleeping on your tailbone because your tailbone is like this so if i'm going to sleep on my tailbone like so it's a triangular piece so sit on the tip of the tailbone or sit on the sit bones and you'll realize by this posture to here everything corrects and that's what is very important another cue is all you need to do is put your finger on your chin and put your hand on the chest yeah no so what if i am if I am forward, can you see my what's happening yes. to my finger? Yes. So if my finger is going to bend, then I'm yes. way forward. Right. If I am here, right. my finger is straighter, then it tells me, I mean, this is for a layman person who can judge by themselves and doesn't need to go to a doctor to tell them what the posture is. So all from here, if I am here and I'm straight, then my ears are more over my shoulder. That's your neutral posture. If my ears are ahead of my collarbone, 
it's a forward head posture or a slouched posture. If my ears are over my shoulder, then I'm more into neutral posture. And whether the neck governs the back or back governs the neck, they're the same parts of the spine. So either of them will always improve and then you will know that you're more into neutral and not slouched. Or your chest, what we say, you know, when, when I'm going to stand and be like a military and chest out, that's so the chest relaxed, ears over the shoulder, and you're sitting on your on your sit bones, you'll realize that's your neutral posture. Fantastic. And this lovely chin exercise, what you showed, is this something which people should do while working? Ah. Because everybody's on their laptop six to eight hours, and you're kind of slouched, and you have an important thing to listen to, you're going to go in front. Is this mandatory? Does it help if you're in the same neutral posture? Of course, it will. It's not something that you constantly do it, but because uh, you need to, you're here, you need to get out. Like what I said, everybody does this stretch, but nobody does the back stretch. So if I just go there back and you will feel a nice stretch over your spine. And sometimes the stretch goes all the way to your upper back. A lot of times it's an excellent exercise for even people who get headaches. Because when you're constantly in this position, what happens? Your upper neck is here. Right. So the neck muscles get really tight. And I'm sure you'll have a lot of people coming to you saying, I've got a headache, I've got an eye pain. And when you figure if the eye is fine, then you know it's the upper neck tightness which is giving you these symptoms. So if I'm in this position, it just stretches those muscles. All I need to do is stay there for a count of five or ten. Feel that stretch and you realize my headache is also disappearing. Interesting. So it's an excellent exercise. Either you can do it repeatedly. The only drawback is a lot of people do it too fast, which I don't want to do. So if you just go a little If you slow, take a perpendicular, if you can show on a perpendicular, if you turn around and show. Yes. So, exactly, yeah. Yeah. Thanks. So yes. If you are going to be there. So you're, you're at an eye level. Right. And you're just gliding it back. Ah, interesting. So and back. Now, a lot of people, what they do, what I don't want them to do is this. Mm. So, so no, then, flexion, no flexion or extension. No flexion and the nose. Mm. Can you see the difference? This is what happens. Yes. yes so yes. when they change the line, you need to make sure that the nose and the eyes are at the same level. And you're just gliding it back. You're just gliding it back. You can do it with your fingers or the better way, which I say. So this is for mobility. But if I want the muscle to work, same thing. Put your finger and move the chin away from the finger. Okay? If you move the chin away from the finger, you're working the back muscles. We are always working the front muscles because we're like this. But if I do this and I work the back muscles, then that is the muscle which holds your neck upright. When I'm in this position, in that forward position, that muscle is under constant stretch. And then, you know, have you noticed a lot of people will get, even like they also have a lot of vision problems because you're constantly in that forward position. Plus, they'll get a bump. They, get, they feel there's a swelling. And that's because my head is too forward. So if you do this exercise, you'll realize that my swelling is going down and actually not a swelling. It's just the bump because the muscle is not functioning. So that posture will also improve. 
So you could also do this against the wall. That is the easiest thing. That's in fact perfect. Yeah. So if, if, if I have a wall, so for example, if I have, like I have a wall behind and I'm just going to go back and forth, go back and forth. And if you have a wall, the better way to do is, you know how we nod? You So I have a wall here and all I have to do is look down okay. and up. Now, when you look down, Okay, it's a movement. No, no. So I want you to nod. In, in, not this. I want you to nod. Okay. Okay. But yes. So when you nod, what happens? The back of the neck gets stretched a little more. So two ways. You can nod or you can push back. Both of them are going to work well to improve the tightness in your neck muscles. And it will really work on your headache. Trust me, it works fabulous. Yeah, that is why I was spending a lot of time because simple things, these can help anybody because everybody would have cervical problems. Yes. The lumbar problem or the cervical problem. And something which is very important because there is no support most often than not. This is without any support. Yes. And yes. it is not designed to have any support and which is why you tend to stoop in front and right. are constantly under stress. Right. And, and all you need is a wall. I mean, whether you're in office, whether at home, wherever you are, all you need is stand against the wall and just do that nod and you'll realize that all these muscles will open up and your symptoms will be better. You don't need any bed to lie down in. So cervical spondylosis, you know, very loosely associated term. People yes. just call it. Yes. You know, where anybody has a little pain, they say, I have cervical spondylosis. Tell me, yes. what is exactly cervical spondylosis and why is it overtly diagnosed? I am so glad you asked this question. I think it's a brilliant question. And I, this is for everybody uh, to understand uh, cervical spondylosis. So this is how I explain. Uh, as you grow older, all of us from 20 to 30, 30 to 40, 40 to 50. You and don't. You don't. You look the same from 20 years. Thank you. <laughs> but uh, so when you're growing older, what happens? We get a couple of changes in the body. One is we get a wrinkled skin. We get a dry skin. We get gray hair, which is the most common thing. Okay. And you realize that my flexibility of my tissues have become uh, much lesser. Okay. Gradually. It doesn't happen overnight. It gradually. Now, cervical spondylosis is nothing but degeneration. A natural aging process for any spine. Whether you talk about cervical or you talk about lumbar spine. Now, obviously, with age and with time, you've done a lot of wear and tear on your spine. Like a simple thing, what is the load for the neck is a forward head posture. That's the load of the head on the neck. And that causes a lot of wear and tear on your discs, on your joints, uh, on your ligaments, and creates these small degenerative arthritic changes where you get extra bone growth here and there. That's your cervical spondylosis. So everybody's going to go through. I'm going to go through. My mom's going to go through. My child who's young right now eventually will go through. But what we can, we I cannot change or I cannot stop the process. But we can only delay the process. And how do we delay that process? Is by only improving your loading. So how much I load? You understand? So how much I load my neck? How much I load my spine? How long? So a lot of times people say, 
I have been working on the laptop for the last five, 10 years, okay, in the same position. I never had a problem earlier, but I'm having it now. Obviously, if you take a hammer and hit the wall, it's not going to break today. With the same pressure, you keep hitting over a period of time, you're going to, the wall is going to crumble, the plaster is going to come out and then create a hole. So it's a, it only depends upon how much graying or how much degeneration you're getting, depending on how much load you put in. What exercise would you recommend for cervical spondylosis? For people? So, um, so if oh. I have uh, a cervical spondylosis case, if it is a much older person, like a 60 plus, then my exercises will be different because their flexibility and their strength is different. So simple things like what I told you, even this exercise in you know, a regular spondylosis, which an elderly person can always do. That's one. Then a lot of times people do rotation exercise, which is a great exercise, but they will rotate and tighten. What I tell them is just take your hand, turn and gently push back. So you turn and you gently push, feel. So when you feel you can't turn further, Doc, so if you're going to turn a little more and then stretch that wee bit at the end to feel the muscle stretch on the opposite side is a great exercise. There, Because you need to get your mobility back. That's important, right? So the rotations and the side bend. So when I'm going to turn, now this is a very important exercise. If it's done correctly, you will get no pain. But if you do it incorrectly, you will be surprised that you're going to produce a pain. So most of the people will hold the head and stretch and stretch as if the neck gear is going to touch the shoulder. No. What I tell people, you turn, you stop. You don't have to go to the end. Hold. Okay. All you need to do now is take the shoulder slightly back. Okay. And push the shoulder down. Okay, imagine your elbow or your hand is reaching the floor. The reason being, the neck, you can pull much more and you will not realize how much you're pulling and you're causing more strain. But the shoulder can go only max one or two inches down. Okay, and that's a safer stretch than to pull your head forward. So you turn, you feel that's all I can go, I hold. And I take my shoulder slightly back and try and touch the floor, which you're not going to. But you will feel a nice stretch on all the sides of your muscles, both sides of the muscles. So that's a great flexibility stretch, which you can do. Where the muscle is concerned, simple exercises like if you're on the table. So if I'm leaning on the table like so, all I need to do is push my neck back. So, yeah, so just push my neck back. And I hold. So I am leaning on something or I'm leaning on the wall. So I'm holding my hand on the wall. Okay, so that's the wall in front. All I'm doing, what we did earlier, is push back. And you hold. So when you're doing a muscle work, you hold for a few counts. And you do it more often. When you're doing stretching, you do three to four stretches. But you hold for 10, 15 counts so that the muscle has its time to open up. So your stretch flexibility into all different directions and your muscle work mainly backwards. Okay. So a lot of in olden days, we used to do a simple isometric exercise where you put your hand back and you just do that. That's great. 
you can even put it a little bit on the side and very gently now a lot of people do so they tighten their muscle a lot now a very important thing which i tell them they tighten only 30% of your force they are small muscles you don't need to too much strength and they are muscles any partial muscles are muscles which don't need strength you don't need strength to sit upright right you need strength to lift something so they are small muscles you need to do only 30% so in this direction again a lot of people will be here in this and then they will do now this will give you more pain because i am not in my optimal position this is the wrong position this is an optimal position and then when i exercise then i work the right muscles so even if you do the right exercise in the wrong form you're not going to like it. so this is a very important posture so we need to subconsciously always know what is the right posture to take this is something which i will give it if you can give me an exact diagram of the skull posture right this if it's there subconsciously in your mind you can always close your eyes and imagine this is your posture and if you keep doing that that is a natural posture what we do intuitively what we go ahead in front we go back you don't need to do that just think of that posture that you have you're supposed to be and you'll automatically sit in that posture it'll come to that right now comes you know so that means the good form which you said a lot of my friends here who are watching this are working out regularly at at good stage in life good heavy muscle weight training and uh, uh, some are avid joggers you know they have their good muscles developed elsewhere right. now what the form is so very important not to get any kind of muscle injury because you know muscle injury puts you back by 6 weeks to 6 months right 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 so absolutely so it's important that you watch your form the way you are standing the way you are performing that particular exercise you can't be doing a lower back when you are bent down you know the classical thing lifting a bag from the conveyor belt what is the now this is something which i want you to tell everybody those who are not aware of it what is the best way to pick up a bag from your car boot and or a conveyor belt because that's where the spine slots right so um that's a very very good question now again like i mentioned earlier that the loading is very important so there are two schools of thought some people say squat and pick it up okay some people say bend forwards and pick it up because if i squat my knees will hurt if i bend my back will hurt right so what is the best way either of the ways are good the most important thing is like if the weight is more than what you usually pick up so say when you're traveling right you have a 20 30 kilo bag all you need to do is just gently draw so by the theplas also so they the bag is generally 34 kg <laughs> i agree 10 kilos will be the thepla i yeah, agree so so hazel makes a lot of fun of me saying because he's a bengali i'm a good jew and he always tells me that that you're constantly carrying theplas and that's making my all indians love at least 32 to 34 there is a fight every time at the uh -huh. airport so so, yes. so take it 34 kg how am i going to lift it yes so the best way is to draw your belly button slightly inside because when you draw the belly button in slightly i don't need to brace myself i need to breathe so whilst you're breathing just draw the belly button in now what is the reason for that when i draw the belly button in it is your inner core muscle which attaches to your spine so it creates a cylindrical effect 
it supports the spine better now if now the the second important thing is whether you squat whether you bend forwards what is important step ahead towards the weight now if i am going to pick up the weight from a distance then my lever arm is longer the effort on the muscle is higher but if i'm going to step closer to my bag and whether i squat or whether i bend forwards i have tucked my belly button in slightly and i lift i am closer so my lever arm is closer the effort is lesser so the idea is to come closer to the object and not away now whether you squat whether you bend forward doesn't matter haven't you heard people say oh i got to slip this when i just bend down to pick up a piece of paper now it's not the weight which you lift up it's how you bend and how you lift up you should split your weight you know the knees a little bent and the core so you get yes. a very important point something right. which is very important all those who don't exercise how to make the core muscles strong even in your chair sitting standing running working out any weight which you train with your biceps triceps and your shoulder or whatever you're doing your core has to be strong right another another important thing which i would want to add is a lot of people bend from their back to lift okay so if you if you if you like lean forwards from the hip and you lift you'll realize my back is more supported because when you it's like slouching and lifting up the back so if you lean forwards and you're closer to the object or your bag and you draw your belly button in which is engaging the core uh, more or less you are at a lesser risk to an injury now comes the most important thing uh... you know we're losing time but uh, lower back pain the commonest thing which we have seen in life and you know you we touch a lot of points there we we really short of time on ask a lot of question so yes. what is it how can you avoid a lower back should we have a cushion chair yes or no should we have a stool underneath our feet to relax the spinal muscles yes so uh, you have to so the biggest thing is we have we always want to find the best chair you know i would say tell me the best chair i'm going to buy the best chair i said you can buy the best chair but if you don't have the best back how is it going to support the chair is not going to be able to support you so the this question is important when you have a back pain so a as we mentioned earlier the chair has to be a little arched and a little cushion in the hollow of the back so it supports your spine into neutral if you have a little footrest like say i'm short so a lot of times my feet is always hanging now that's going to create a problem to my back so then i sit at the edge okay without a backrest making sure i don't slouch so the footrest is important so that it relaxes your spinal muscles because your position of your knee so if your knee is too high always remember the knee and the hip should be at the same level so if the chair is too high and you're trying to touch the floor and the knees below the hip level your back is going to arch much more if the knee is higher than the hip level then your back is going to slouch much more so it's important that the knee and hip at the same level foot supported uh, hollow of the back supported with either the arch of the spine or arch of the chair or a cushion you're sorted so routinely our wooden chairs which are perpendicular like this yes can you keep a pillow at the lower lower absolutely small cushion. small cushion we don't need a very big cushion 
The idea is to sit with your buttocks all the way behind. Problem happens, people sit with the buttock in front. Yeah, so then you have that slouching effect and that's where your disc goes for a toss. So whatever the chair, if you sit with the buttock behind and give a little cushion, you're sorted. Most often than not, it is the faulty design. It's an anatomical fault in the chair itself yes. that people take. All those beautiful looking chairs. Yeah, all those beautiful looking, lovely curvy chairs. Yes. The curves at the right places are always good. So those chairs, <laughs> yes. So the curve on the back side of the chair on the wrong way is not the right place to have. Absolutely. That will definitely give you a problem. However, if you've strengthened your core and your muscles are good, you will survive even a bad chair. That's the core. So that means exercises and which means which is what we'll come back to. I'm just talking about the routine pain yes. and back. Now comes the most important thing. You know, this is six to eight hours office. So yes. beautiful chair and the foot footwear that you have. Yes. Because that can give you pain because that's what is going to be there with you for six to eight hours again. Right. What kind of footwear would you, you know, all those. Uh, I'm not talking of the lovely women's shoes with those eight inches heels. I mean, we'll yes. not talk about that also, but routine footwear in office or while walking, what is the kind that you would yes. like? So you have to be very, feet are, God has given us and gifted us with great feet. And I feel if you take care of them, it will take care of your whole body. Absolutely. Because it's the base of your entire body. Absolutely. So it's important to have a normal, soft, uh, you know, we have a lot of office shoes are, very hard sole, which is very pointed. So it looks good, looks very smart. But if you wear it over a period of time, it's going to create a ground reaction force on your knee, on your hip and your spine, which is going to give you problems eventually. So a softer uh, sole, which is very important. That's one. S-O-L or S-O-L-E? Ah, <laughs> S both should be good, but uh, S-O-L-E for the foot, okay? So, uh, a softer sole, uh, a, a nice arch which supports your, uh, a little cushion around your medial arch which supports your foot. And, you know, when you walk, we have, when we lift our heels, there's a toe break. So, the front of the toes, you know, where your toes are, when you walk, that should be easily moldable. So when I can't do a toe break, so if I have a hard sole, then I can't do a toe break, that will give me problems later. So a softer sole, a good arch, and a good what we call toe break. So it's soft from the front is fantastic. That's perfect. Ideally, now, Ideally, all these shoes which we see out there are not the best ones. All your Nike running and all your exercise shoes which have the perfect arch and you have some of these companies who see your arch, manufacture those shoes. Are right. the real shoes to be worn for your life. Right. But now we are not going to wear kids or not sport shoes every day. So that's why it's important that our leather shoes also should be, not, shouldn't be that hard leather. Sometimes I've had people that, you know, we've gone for a party and you worn that just for two hours and come with a backache. So you need How to keep... Mattress, most important part. Again, next is six to eight hours of sleep. Most right. vital. And you don't know if you don't have the right mattress most often than not, you'll get up with a bad back pain. So what kind right. of mattress recommended by, you know, all those lovely cushy mattresses shown, uh, what is the right mattress you recommend? Okay, so that's again a great question. See, mattress is very, very important in terms of the thickness and the firmness of the mattress. 
if your mattress is very soft, like see in the hotels, we get fab mattresses. Okay. You, get a, you guaranteed have a backache. Yes, because they are spring mattresses. They're cheaper. It does not give you good reaction and good alignment to your spine. But if you have a foam mattress or a coir foam combination, so nowadays you get great mattresses where it is not hard. It is not soft where you're sinking in. But it is just perfect. It's firm enough to take the contour of your spine. That's a good mattress. So a lot of times we use mattresses for 10, 10, 15, 15 years. Or, you know, in, in at least I've grown up in my Gujarati family where you have that gadlas where you lie down and you do. And we've grown up in that fashion. But a lot of times earlier gadlas were on the floor. And the floor doesn't change. But right now the gadlas are on the bed. It it. What happens to people sleeping on two different sides? The cotton sinks in. So if it's a pure cotton mattress, then that sinks in. That's not a great mattress again. As far as you refill it over a period of time, it's fantastic. But a coir foam and a thin cotton lining is a fabulous mattress or a memory foam mattress, which is firm, firm, not hard, is a great mattress. To sleep yeah, something very important. And what kind of pillow? various pillows should we be having pillows between the legs whether we sit on the slide side how should should we be sleeping on our back on your left on your right on your stomach go ahead okay so sleeping in any position is not a problem okay so i'll start with the neck with whom is a problem then yes okay so sleeping with the pillow which is your pillow okay now my pillow and your pillow is going to be different because my shoulder size and your shoulder size is different so what i tell people three things the height of the pillow is important so when i sleep sideways my gap between my neck and shoulder has to be filled in that's very very important okay now if i have with my shoulders if i have a thicker pillow my neck is going to tilt like this right because i have a thicker pillow if i have a thinner pillow my neck is going to tilt like this so if my neck which is tilting either ways and i'm going to sleep sleep like this for six to eight hours i'm going to cause strain on my neck no pillow is again not an option because i'm going to sleep without a pillow in this position there's a constant strain or i'm going to put my hand in i'll get shoulder problems so the height of the pillow is very important the pillow should be second thing is snugly fit between the neck and the shoulder not here it's between the neck and the shoulder and the third thing your nose should be parallel to the pillow if my nose is tilted up or tilted down it's not the right pillow the pressure on the shoulder on which you're sleeping should be minimal to zero very important because if it's a thin pillow then you will be squishing everything right this is getting squashed, shoulders getting squashed, eventually you'll get shoulder injuries. So that's important. The same pillow will happen when you're lying straight, okay? So it's not that you have a different pillow when you're lying sideways and different pillow when you're lying straight. The, if you're sleeping on your stomach, you cannot sleep like this, right? You're going to sleep in this position. So you're constantly rotating your neck. Now, I will add a pillow to it. See what happens? I'm going to create a lot of jamming in my joint so if you're sleeping on the stomach use a thin or a small pillow don't use a pillow i'm fine because i'm already rotating and when i'm rotating i don't want my neck to tilt like this with the pillow got it so that's important when i'm sleeping sideways 
put one pillow between the two knees to be comfortable okay or if, you know if you're young and if you have no problems you don't put a pillow and you sleep like a baby where one leg falls ahead is not a problem but people who have back issues who have disc issues people who have nerve issues it's important to put a pillow between the two knees because it will align the pelvis if there is no pillow the knees ahead the pelvis rotates forwards and that's going to give me a pull on my spine that's people who have issues not for people who have no issues that's not a problem any specific you know you have a lot of these cushy cushy pillows again yeah. they shouldn't be like your bed it should be a little firm not very soft not very hard yeah, so i would yes you're right not a very soft pillow see the so it should be a firm pillow and the height of the pillow is important so if you are using very soft it looks so big and when you sleep on it, especially in the hotels you sleep on it it becomes so thin then i might need two soft pillows to wear because then the height doesn't suffice so it should i'm fine with a soft pillow not a hard pillow but a medium soft is ideal yeah so it's, it, that's important and should we be turning the mattress regularly something very important for people to understand because it will develop your shape quite often within 6 months or 3 months right no but nowadays with new mattresses i have noticed we don't need to do that like i've been using a mattress which is now for 12 years and i've not felt the need to turn it off because what has happened in the new age they are making mattresses into layers now if i turn it then the bottom layer is not good for my spine okay unless like even curlon is a fabulous they have an orthopedic mattress fabulous mattress godrej have come up with fantastic mattresses but they have made it in such a way that you don't need to top turn over if it's a cotton mattress yes turn over it will help interesting and i still remember what you said in childhood you used to have those guys coming to cut the cotton you know yes. make those beds for you Yes. You don't see them anymore in life. Yes, no, you don't see them anymore. True, very, very true. Interesting, very interesting. You don't see them. That used to be a lovely thing. Those mattresses used to be fantastic for some time. Yes. And you could sleep well on them. So, ideally, not a spring, but a good coil, good a good coil with a little amount of foam to give you that little cushion is an ideal yes. scenario. Coil foam combination is fantastic. Okay. now comes very simple question uh, that people have come you you use some somewhere you want us to put ice somewhere you want us to heat somewhere you want to do the sonography i mean the ultrasound that you want to do which is used when very important question very important okay so ice is cold okay so it basically what we call constricts your circulation so it stops your circulation heat is hot it increases your circulation so cold reduces the circulation heat increases the circulation now sometimes people ask me oh my god last time you told me to do cold why did i need to do hot now okay so i said but last time you had another problem and you this time you come with another problem so the basic concept is what you said yes if you have an injury a acute injury and swelling you need to compress the blood vessels you need ice absolutely right you have to so ankle sprains shoulder pain i've played tennis too much and i've got a little swelling and i've got an elbow pain so any joint where there is repeated overuse injury and there's swelling knee pain definitely do i say okay the first 24 to 48 hours 
any injury if you have fallen down if the swelling has started increasing in front of your eyes you Lots have a hematoma you have subcutaneous blood yes. immediate eye compresses don't look at it for at least 10 15 minutes blindly yes, so that absolutely right so that the vessels constrict and your tissue edema reduces so whenever acute injury even if you are bleeding yes. on the side to stop the bleeding also besides compressing your bleeding you should be doing some cold compresses absolutely right absolutely okay. now when i've gone into a spasm like i went to bend down because i went into a spasm i got a, my neck got caught up the best is hot because the muscle has gone into a spasm it's in a state of tension I want to release it. So what I need is a hot water bag, which will help improve the circulation, and my spasm will come down. Now, one more thing which I add on to a hot water bag, especially with a neck or a back spasm, is you know what? Take a hot water bag, the old hot water bag, fill it with nice hot water. Take our Turkish towels, you know, which you use for our hands. Put it in sada pani, rinse it. Okay, wrap that around the hot water bag. now because that's moist and the hot water bag is hot you get moist heat which will add better results to relax the spasm okay second if it's the neck you lie on it if it's the back you keep the hot water bag on the back so you lie on your stomach because a lot of times people will lie and put slip in the hot water bag in your in under your back and then you're in that arched position and when you get out you got you got more stuck okay so if it's if it's the neck or the upper back you lie on it it's great it'll feel very good but if it's the low back you lie on your stomach and put the whole thing on your back which is safer very important so now that's important when to use what and of course any kind of ultrasound is your priority we'll have to come to you so that's what you do <laughs> yeah but it, it you know what usually i feel nowadays the hot and cold really does a good job only problem happens when your muscle like you have tightened on you know your knotted muscles in your body sometimes you got a tight glute or a tight it band or a tight uh, triceps you know so if you feel that there's a knot in the muscle then you need to ultrasound or you do a little massage and then ice it you know then you don't need to do a hot bath but usually the difference is spasms hot bath acute injuries cold bath a common question that people have is uh, restless leg syndrome you know you know yeah. you keep getting those jittery legs and pain while lying down at night and people wake up in the middle of night i've not come to cramps my next question would be cramps how to avoid the cramp but restless leg syndrome and or pain while lying down you know fibromyalgia yes. or hormonal things people have, a lot of women have this problem of right. pain on lying down right. what would you recommend for them so the thing is research has not found out anything for restless leg syndrome they don't even know what the cause is they say it's a lot to do with your hormonal and your autonomic nervous system but there is no specific Uh, that's why they call it restless leg and there is no solution to it um unless the pain is lying down pain is because of a nerve root irritation it's a different story you know then you want to make sure that you put a cushion between the uh, under the knee so that the nerve is relaxed 
but if it's just like an actual restless uh, leg syndrome i have no comments and no uh, solutions to it because some people feel very good with a pillow some people say that if i put something like i put a heavy pillow on my leg then i feel much better because that gives you that compression feeling some people nothing helps so i have i i have you know i've still not come to terms what has worked for people so that is uh, that but, but one, if, two, three. if you have to give it a shot let them try trial and error one two three right. four what would you do right so one drink lots of water which that will help make sure you exercise well because that improves the circulation and it might help your uh, restless leg syndrome make sure you do good stretches of the calf okay because calf and hamstrings when you stretch it improves your circulation um make sure you drink what we call electrolytes uh so you know you make sure that your all your electrolytes like sodium calcium everything all your vitamins are under control because that will also help in your all these are the parameters which you have to think when you have your restless leg syndrome one question that has come is uh, should you be using while taking a shower should you take a stool or not okay it's very optional it depends you are, you know what if you have a backache and you cannot stand for too long because sometimes even standing 10 minutes for a shower people cannot stand then of course use a stool uh if you have a problem with sitting then obviously you will not use a stool because sitting will make it worse but however sitting on a high stool when you're taking a shower is not a problem the problem arises when you sit on a lower stool okay and that only when people have back issues if you like if you and me don't have a back problem it doesn't matter it's fine you know you can sit on a low stool but 10 minutes sitting on a stool is not uh, causing any harm to your back or your spine so you're pretty safe unless you have a back injury but there is a word of caution that i would say during you know that we have seen in the hospitals the largest number of injuries with senior citizens about the age of 80 85 and huge problem of hospitalization is slipping in the bathroom with the wet floor absolutely absolutely so they, they need to be extremely careful of the floor do not have granite and marble there you should have something which is not and senior citizens should be having a railing right. to hold themselves in case of any kind of giddiness or getting up from a stool that was yeah. something important to have uh, to add that i would then prefer a smaller chair because then you have a hand rest and nowadays you get these anti slipping mats earlier we never used to get it here now you get them and i always tell them put it because you know you don't want to slip in the bathroom however big or however small and that anti slipping mat makes a huge difference yeah so that's a very important point because you could slip any time in a fraction of a second and those hip fractures and those fractures are terrible okay some of the other thing that you know you said shoe the backache we spoke about but what about knee pain yes that, that is something very important while walking every which way what is the best posture and why what to do with okay. the knee pain so a lot of people so i'll talk about into younger population and an older population now older population is usually what we call osteoarthritis uh, which is again nothing but a natural degeneration of the knee it depends upon the amount of degeneration you have okay and the degeneration again varies from the amount of loading you've done and now knee is a poor joint which gets bombarded from the hip on the top and the ankle from bottom so if i have a flat foot or a pronated foot or i have poor balance 
my knee has to work harder. If I have a poor hip, which is my glute muscle. So I tell people, even if you have a knee problem, work on your hip and your core. Because hip is the driver to the knee. Every step I take. And this is very important for older population because glute is a muscle which helps me get up from the chair. And for younger population, where glute is a muscle helps me run, walk and jog. Because if my glute is weak, the tendency what happens, my knee rolls in. Okay? So when I squat, when I lunge, what happens? My knee rolls inwards. Because my glute is not holding and keeping my knee in the right alignment, which is the knee should point to the second toe. So if I squat and I lunge where my knee is pointing to the second toe, my ankle, knee and hip alignment is normal. I will not get any knee injuries. But if I squat and lunge where my knee is rolling in because my glute is weak, then I have a chance of getting meniscal injuries. I have chance of getting uh, ligament injuries. I have chance of getting early degenerative changes. Because I'm landing on a knee which is rolling in and causing a lot of torsion or rotatory effects on the inner side of the knee. So that is why when you squat, when you lunge, when you're doing a deadlift, make sure your alignment is knee over the, um, just above, just over the second toe. And that's perfect alignment between all three joints. Because knee will change the foot, foot will change the knee, and therefore it will change at the hip. So it's all connected. That's why the footwear is very important. Yes, I know, I know, I know. So just for the information of those who are not doctors, uh, the ligament is the connecting part between two joints. You know, you have various ligaments, which are so you have the, the only thing you can depend on in life are the strong bones on which the muscles are based with the vascular supply. And you have ligaments connecting the joints, which gives it the flexibility. Yes. And that's why all these the, the ligaments, what she's talking about are those ligaments, which are to be taken care of while exercising so if your muscles are strong you can take a fall you can you can avoid injuries if, if, and and even if the bones are becoming brittle with age as right. they do because there is going to be decalcification right. uh, if your muscles are strong they're going to help you take the injuries walk properly so the whole unison between the knee hip glutes yes. core and the back i think is that what you're saying the thigh yes. Yes. The most important area, the lower lumbar, cervical, the, the below the thoracic area up to the glutes and the thighs up to the knee is the one which is taking the full weight of the body. Yes. So the base is the foot, but the important structure on it is your is your core and your glutes. So if that proximal, what we call proximal stability, distal mobility. That's the way we look. So if, if the top end is strong, then I can run and walk faster and better. And the, the ligaments, as you said, are those elastic structures. You know how you have elastic trousers? And, you know, the trousers are holding you because the elasticity in the ligaments is maintained. If that elasticity is lost, like when you get an ankle sprain or a knee sprain and I break the ligament, then it does not hold the bones together because it's going to give you extra mobility and you have extra hypermobility. And that's the, that's the function of the ligaments to hold. And the ligaments is supported by your muscles. And therefore, the strength is important. 
now comes spoiling yourself how about a massage is is a massage a essential part of life a lot of people are addicted to massages i love massages and it's absolutely fine as far as it's not see everybody's body it has a different capacity to bear pressure so there are times people have done really deep pressure and come to me with an injury you know so you have to be careful where that is concerned but otherwise if the massage is done to make you feel good like in sports we do massage a little deeper to activate the muscle after playing the sport we tell them to massage to relax the muscle so if you're going for relaxation you're going to ease yourself up is no problem but uh, i feel too much of a deep tissue be careful that's all i can say massage is not bad not at all not at all but just doing massage and not exercising is not the right answer absolutely not absolutely not you cannot take that take that short conduit because you know here it's you're spoiling yourself you are not doing anything active yes so it is it is a support to your exercise it is not a replacement to your exercises absolutely right absolutely right Great doc, uh, wonderful being with us, and thanks for sparing your time. You have a lovely comment from one of our Thank viewers you. that uh, Doctor Himak, she, you know, young Zinatman used to very look very much like you. Oh my God! <laughs> so I'm just reading the comment by one of the. <laughs> so then, then complimenting her, you know how it is. So. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for some wonderful. Thank you, doc. Information, really. information on a very, very nice, fluidic note. but very important points friend that she's covered up right from the cervical thoracic core glutes back and your knees ankle the footwear the place where you sleep the chair which you sit one last question you know the saddle chair suddenly doctor i i forgot to ask you the saddle chair the most enormous surgeon and i i definitely believe that the best is the saddle chair for somebody sitting for a long period of time What no, is your I, no, it's good. It's really good because if you see this, it's a, it's called a saddle because the shape of a saddle. That's so awesome. it's 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 very comfortable. Again, but because if you have a like you have a cushion on it a little bit, it's fine. See, in olden times, there used to be only a wooden saddle chair, yeah, and that's not going to be very good. But if you have a a a a, a nice leather or a magazine or you know. a cushioning on it it's absolutely not a problem but you're using it when you're doing surgeries right because you want a smaller space you know you don't want to spread out a big chair and sit no spine spine supporting your core spine because it's stress right so routine office also a saddle chair would be recommend you can but see the saddle chair is a smaller base it's not a very broad like it has a good backrest with the saddle uh, form but if you see i mean i don't know but usually which i have seen they are much smaller i don't know if you've seen uh, this thing so you need to have a proper base a little broader base to give you space when you're sitting for longer period of time when you're sitting for long when you're doing surgery one hour one and a half hours is no problem but if you're going to sit for like many hours then that is too constricting it's narrow it doesn't have space to put your hands and you know move around a little bit you need to have that little space so that's my thanks thanks so all good things have to come to an end too and hope this has been a great great entertainment and at the same time very enriching experience to understand how what is physiotherapy how important it is to take care of all these joints and pains which are aching and they can really really reduce your work time create trouble in your life your sleep patterns can change your work habits can change and 
it can really create a lot of trouble from the bed on which you are sleeping six to eight hours to the footwear that you are having every small part which you take for granted it's the design it's what is more important is to have the thought process and we'll send you the picture of the spine which you subconsciously think about yourself you should be at any given point of time in that posture standing sitting working out gymming out in your car and and on that note we join the day and with the promise that we'll get her back again with more questions <laughs> Thank you. It is my pleasure. It's absolute pleasure, and it, it, I think it's it's good because this common information is important for a common person, and I think these small things make a big difference.